0: Blessed is the man, happy is the man, fulfilled is the man who walks not in the counsel, the advice, the words of the ungodly, nor stands in the path, the road, the way that that advice leads us to nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That is, begin to talk like those who gave you counsel, who led you in a way that would distract you and would lead you away from godliness unto ungodliness. But the person who wants to be blessed is the person that delights in the law of the Lord, in the word of God. And in that word, in that law, he meditates He ruminates day and night. In other words, it is a part of his life. And the scripture gives this promise to all of us who will do that. We will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season and our leaves will not wither, and whatsoever we do, it will be established. Why? Because it will be firmly rooted in the words of Almighty God, which are eternal and immutable. Well, how does that happen? I shared with you the axiom that I had heard years ago, over 40 years ago, from Chuck Swindoll. Sow a thought, reap an attitude, sow an attitude, reap an action. Now, by sowing, it means practice it. That means living it. That means working it out. You sow an action, you'll reap a habit. That's what I'm going to talk to you about, a habit. Why? Because if you sow a habit... It will become a part of who you are. You reap a character that is the very essence of your life and who you are, what guides you, what makes you think. Your actual thoughts will be changed. Your attitude will be changed. How you derive your thoughts, how you arrive at decisions and choices, they will begin to all be affected by how you view the word of God. And so I want to talk to you about forming habits. How does it happen? I've often said it is 21 days to begin to form a habit. And the word that is very important, maybe most important in the sentence I just said, was begin. You don't form a habit in 21 days. You begin to form a habit in 21 days. Now, everything I'm going to talk to you about is designed around threes. Three is the number of completeness in the Bible, divine completeness. It is the number that speaks of completeness. Now, we talk about seven being the perfect number, but that is a combination of four, which is the number of the world. There's four seasons, there's four points on a compass. It speaks of the world, and that's throughout the Word of God and even in ancient literature. But three is the number of divine completeness, and it is in English uh, until really just the last century. It was the number that when you wanted to say something is complete, you would say thrice. George W. Truett used to get up As his habit at First Baptist Church in Dallas during the days of the 20s and 30s, and he would say, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're thrice welcome. That is, he would say to the people that they were completely welcome. When God does something, he does it in threes. God made man in his image. He is a tripartite being. We are body, soul, and spirit. God is a triunity. We use the word Trinity, but it is a triunity. When God designed the worship center, we call the tabernacle the tent of meeting, the tent where God said, I'll meet with you, the Mishkan. God put three parts to that the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. Uh, the same thing was true in the temple. Why? Because that was the design of the temple in heaven, the worship center in heaven. And uh, we've talked about that in podcast. And so three is a number that is critical for understanding the completeness of habits. And, and you'll see that as we go through this research. And so seven is is the number of perfection in the Bible. So three times seven is 21. If you do something three weeks, three full weeks, that is three seven-day periods, you begin to form a habit. I want to talk to you about how that was popularized and became a part of the framework of all studies that had to do with habitual behavior. Maltz, who was a plastic surgeon in the 50s, began to notice something that was different about his patients that he had never seen before. For instance, when he would do something like what we would call a nose job, he noticed that it took his patients who had had a change in their appearance, 21 days to begin to get used to seeing themselves differently in the mirror and began to accept that. And he noticed that in a lot of areas that for people to accept a change, they had to look at themselves for 21 days. That's three times seven. And so in 1960, there was a quote that was made famous by Maltz. He published it in an audiobook. It was an audiobook, not a, um, a written book, but an audiobook in Psycho Cybernetics, uh, which was the name of the audiobook. And here's the quote These and many other commonly observed phenomena tend to show, and he's talking about this concept that I just talked about, of people accepting themselves and the changes in their looks and their appearances after 21 days. That's what he's talking about. That it requires 21 days for an old image to dissolve and a new one to gel, that is, in the mind. Now this quote was published in this audio book, Psycho-Cybernetics. When that was published, 30 million people listened to that. That was good. But what happened was when that number 21 days to accept the phenomena of of the change that had happened in people's lives, then people just took that 21 days as what it was and what it took to form a habit. Well, that's not the case. That is not when a habit is solidified. It could be in a rare few, but that's when it begins to really form. And by habit being formed, I'm talking about old thought patterns to dissolve and new ones to be formed. As I said yesterday in the podcast, Jesus actually told a parable about this. He said, if a house is swept clean of demons and a life is reformed, for instance, but there is not some positive, some something else that is godly that will come in and take the place of those demonic spirits, then the house is still empty. And Jesus said the demons that were exercised will come back in and they will bring more with them. In other words, the end will be worse than the beginning. Now, this is incredible because this has been found to be true in thinking as well by people who are secular that might or might not know God. But this is just in general. It takes 21 days for an old image that we have in our minds to dissolve away. That means to be replaced and begin to be replaced on a more permanent basis by something that is godly, something that's good, a different image. Now, there is a study that's published. I want to encourage you. You can read this for yourself by the University College of London. Uh, This was published in 2010. It was published in the European Journal of Social. Psychology. You can probably look it up online, but the name of the study that was published by this European Journal of Social Psychology is called How Are Habits Formed Modeling Habit Formation in the Real World. And it's by several people, but the first name that will appear is Philippa Lali. And you will see those other names when you look this up. Now, this is, there's an abstract of it, but you can actually download and read the study. That is the research article that was written about the study. But one thing I want to read from the study is an incredible statement. Listen to this. There's a lot of tables in this study. It shows values for all of these participants. But let me just sift through it and say this to you. It says the median time To reach 95%, that is 95% of the people that took this study to form a habit, to form a habit, something that is there, something that's entrenched in the person's life, was 66 days. Now, it ranged from those who formed a habit, the quickest was 18 days. That was very, very small percentage. Those that were the slowest to form it were 254 days. But you can see the percentage. That's only 5% of the people in the entire range. 95% of the people, almost 96%, it took 66 days. Listen, exactly, 66 days. Now, what does that mean? That means that it took two months. It took two months, and the 63 days is a two-month period, and then add those extra three days on to the end, 63 days, and then for some reason, three days past that to 66, and the habit was solidified. Now, this is incredible. What that means is that in 21 days, we can begin to form habits that will be with us a lifetime. But if we stop there, then it is not a part of who we are. But by 66 days, just a little over two months, you and I can change a habit for life, a habit that is good, a ritual that will lead us to godliness. And I want to get you in the habit of reading the Word of God. And if you will read the Word of God, it will not be long until you're meditating on the Word. It will become a part of who you are. And so we're going to start out this first year, and especially for the time that we're going to meet with God with just one chapter a day, 365 key chapters. I already have them all laid out. We modeled this from Moody Church and their 365-day plan. I'm sure they're not the first ones to come up with it, but they had a good chart. I have replaced some of the chapters. I've redone the chart for a purpose, and on purpose, because I want you to follow the great story of God. Now, for instance, you say, what do you mean by a chapter a day? Well, like in the book of Genesis, there's 50 chapters in our English Bible but we will only read 25 out of 50. Now, the reason we're reading so many of the book of Genesis is because the book of Genesis is the foundational book. We will read many chapters in Exodus, but when we come to Leviticus, which is ceremonial law, having to do with offerings, sacrifices, many things that get people bogged down and are details in the story of God that we don't necessarily need in this first year, you're free to read those, but we are only going to read two chapters, chapter 16 and chapter 23 of Leviticus. Then we'll read more in Deuteronomy. We'll read more in Numbers. Then we'll read more in Deuteronomy. Then we will go through several key passages. We'll, for instance, much of Ezra, much of Nehemiah, much of Esther. We will read some in Psalms, some in Proverbs. We will read some chapters in Isaiah. But when we get to the Gospels, we will read those chapters that have to do with something that deals with the person and work of Jesus through Acts. We will read key chapters in Acts, but when it gets to Romans, we read through the entire book of Romans. We read through any of the smaller books in the New Testament. We read all the way through them. Why? Because they're necessary for us to read to saturate our minds with the Word of God so that we are schooled in righteousness. And here's what's going to happen. As you begin to read through there, you're going to find out that the average time for reading a chapter in the Bible Bible is going to be anywhere from four to seven minutes, long chapters eight or nine less than 10 minutes a day, average five minutes a day. What you're going to find out is that after you read it, I'm going to encourage you throughout the year to read those chapters over and over again so it becomes a part of who you are. Believe me, it works. I know it from personal experience. I know it now from leading hundreds through this methodology of Scripture saturation and watching their lives change and their hunger for the Word of God increase. You see, the amazing thing is that just with our appetites, the more we eat, the more we want to eat. And then, we exercise that out, and it makes us even hungrier. And what that produces, if we are living it out and obeying, it produces a strong spiritual being. And just as the more protein we eat and the more we exercise, the more the muscle comes on, and then we can take it in and we can go longer, we can go farther, we can go faster. And that's the way we run the race of God. And so I hope you'll join me, and I'm going to put it on my Facebook page and I'll put it on the Dr. Tony Crisp page. But listen, I need you to let me know if you're with me. I need you to text me. You can text me through my cell. If you don't have that, you can email me if you have an email address. If you don't have one, just go to questions at tonycrisp.org, questions at tonycrisp.org. Write me a letter, do whatever you need to do. You can go to tonycrisp.org and get the addresses if you need that. But get a hold of me. When I put it on Facebook. Go to Tony Chris, my personal page. I'll be putting it on Facebook soon. And when I put it on there, just put, yes, count me in, count me in, count me in. And let's get on board and let's form godly routines and rituals that lead us to godliness. And that starts with the habit of reading the Word of God every day. That's right. But you say, wait a minute, what if I fail? Well, they learned in this research, not only that I've read of habits in this research, but in other published research in journals. And I'm not talking about any kind of bias on this research. It's just open research. It's not for Christianity. It's not for secularism. It's a psychological issue with the people that study this. But here's what they found out. In that 66 day period if you miss a day or you miss a day here or there. I'm not talking about every day or three days in a row or five days in a row, but if you, it takes longer that way. But if you miss a day here or miss a day there, that does not impede that 66 day count. Why? Because you're on a flow and it's almost like the way that you've got momentum and it just goes blows right past that day that you miss. But the goal is for 66 days right on. I'm talking about through January through February into March, if you will just hang with me, I promise you, if you don't read the Word of God, you're going to be not only convicted by the Holy Spirit, but to get into the Word, but you're going to have a habit that's going to be gnawing at you and and not satisfied until you do that. And you're going to have to cross obstacles to then not fulfill what you have started and not do what is habitual in your life. This is how our minds are transformed. And the word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any priest's fillet knife. And it will divide that part of us that doesn't need to be there. And he will cut it off. That's what the word sanctification means, is to cut it away. He will cut away that which hinders us and holds us back. Those besetting sins and God will begin to purify us. I'm telling you, I'm excited just talking about it. You got to get in on this. Let me know. Let's walk on the way together. I'm Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions.